men make moves and suckers stand still. Demonstrations about police brutality and gun violence and I've had mothers with tears in their eyes thank me, you know, and hug me because they say, man, I, I, I'm so happy that, that even though, you know, nobody was there to demonstrate and make a fuss about some my son, I know that somebody somewhere cares. I know that somebody uh, is still fighting to make a difference. So that's why I do this. I do this for the ones who can't take a stand. I do this for the ones who less fortunate. I do this for the people who don't have a champion, who don't have one to fight for them and stand for them and make a difference for them. How can you have knowledge and how can you have the information and the truth about what's going on in the world around you but not want to use that truth and use your power and your abilities to make a change and make a difference in it? Don't sit around and sit on the sidelines with the knowledge of how to change the world or the creativity and the power to change the world and not do nothing. Stand up and make a change. Stand up and make a difference. Again, I'm a man who's going to stand for something because if you don't, you'll fall for anything. That's why I do it. That's why I'm here. Why are you? And you are not tuned in too. Another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, and today I have one of Detroit's finest. Bruh, if you have an event, if you have a company, if you need somebody to really come in and talk to the people, Minister Freedom is who you need. What's good, bro? How you yeah, doing? Peace, bro, man. Thank you for the cold intro, man. I love it, man. Appreciate really, man? I'm trying, trying to work on my intro skills and shit. <laughs> trying, trying to step it up a little bit. Thank you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? How's your family? Man, I'm great, man. We all good, man. Everybody is well. Everybody's in good health. Um, I can't complain, man. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Life is good for you. Healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm healthy, man. Everything is good. Working every day. My sons is healthy. Uh, no problems, man. And we still on the top, man. I'm not. We still out here. I'm still out here working in the community and doing everything I can to change the world one mind at a time. So definitely still on post. That's what's up, man. The people's action. Word. That's what's up, my guy. Niggas vu. Mm-hmm. Um. How's that going for y'all, man? What's man, new? They doing the work, man. I mean, we, we it's like the People's Action Man is one of those organizations. And, and Vu, uh, shout out to Vu, man. Vu is one of those individuals that, and all of the members of the People's Actions are people and community members that ain't about the, that's not giving up, that's not slowing down. People that really love their community and love um, Detroit and that want to make a difference, man. So it's going well. We just got, we really in the season of our Adopt the Block program. Um, in which the people's action, we go community to community and adopt the community, man. We clean up the trash, uh, give out food, um, mm-hmm. talk to people in the community, help them with resources. It's a really great program. Man. It's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, in, in my opinion, is the pillars for making a difference and making an impact in the community, man. So it's it's a great work, man. And the people at TPA, they really getting it in, man. Sisters like Jackie and and Vu, mm. man, they 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 giving it up, man. They they giving they giving a lot of work, and it's, it's it's always been a pleasure and an honor to work with them. So, uh, you know, the work is going good. It's definitely going good, man. You know, the last adopted block, I didn't had, I wasn't able to make it myself, mm-hmm. uh, but I was told it was a very huge turnout. You know, I seen it; it was a huge turnout. The work continues, man. Um, it, it's and and we ain't letting up no time soon. Yo, uh, and I don't know if it's me, I th- but it's like s- just a really slight sound. 
It's like something is like your your mic cord is rubbing up against the mic or something like that. It might be. I think it's these headphones. Let me sit back a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think that was it. All right. Yeah, that's that's perfect right there. Let me ask you this, man. Let's 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 talk about black folks. Word. Um. And and, and what's really on my mind, man? Um. Are you familiar with Grandmaster Jay? Yes. I've had the honor of of interviewing him several times. Um, le- leading up to the trial, he would he would randomly text me shit to post. Um, what are your thoughts? Did did black people drop the ball with him? Um, I mean, honestly, man, I think that his intentions are pure, and I think that they're right and exact. I don't think that black people drop the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that as a people, that the youth aren't necessarily there you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying to where that that the movement wasn't able to gain the steam that it needed and i and i mean i think that there was a lot of brother he had a lot of support yeah and i liked it, the brother i liked the brother's energy i liked it, his veracity i liked it, his willingness to to go out and stand in those places other people didn't were scared to stand at you know to go out there armed and go out there as you know as a show of force mm-hmm. um i i just think that as a people even him, I think we should have we should push more in the directions of the youth because when you when you put your focus in the youth and when you put mm-hmm. your focus in building up on the youth, they'll be around when you're not. Um, I think personally, as far as you know, like I love what he did. Um, like like when I had him on, it was people out that that I hadn't talked to in I don't know how long reaching out to me. That's my guy. They wouldn't do it publicly. Right. But that's my guy. I donated to him, Blase Splee. Um, but the only thing I think that when he was going through, because they dragged this trial out for, for like yeah, a year yeah. or two. Yeah. And that was, that was intentional. They tried to make him run out of money. Um, but I don't think we made enough fuss over the trial in right. that for people that want to follow in his footsteps to show them that as a community, we riding with you. And yeah. he was a he was a polarizing cat though. Yeah, he was. He is. He is a polarizing. Well, I think what we have to remember, I think that the people that work against us, mm-hmm. they have learned these lessons over the years. Mm. They have learned what to publicize and what not to publicize. Facts. They have learned what to romanticize, what to allow to become larger than life, and what not to become larger than life. And I, and I think that's part of the problem. If anything, should rest on. What, what we would consider as the black media outlets, mm-hmm. because we can't we can't re- allow them to be the ones responsible for telling us what's happening in the world. Yeah, the same reason why they're not talking about the sh- the guy who killed everybody at the, the Buffalo, New York, all those black people in the, in the in the hospital, because they control the media and because they control the narrative. Of course, they're not gonna talk about it, just like yeah. they're not talking about him. Yeah. So I think their responsibility ultimately should lie on. Us as black, so these black media outlets Man. to disseminate that information, and, and in my opinion, really the black media outlet has become the content creator, and the content creator is essentially the one who's giving the information of the world to people. Now they kind of then got them in the trick bag because they they paying them, they they monetize yeah. these influencers yeah. and these creators, so. Even they don't, they're kind of losing control of their own message. So it's 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 a real it's a real trick bag, man. I mean like if you notice, like there's some some very prominent 
podcasters who made no mention at all of Buffalo. Nothing. And no pushback. The community didn't question that. And that's disturbing. Like, as a black person, how can you see elders slaughtered and then not bother you to the point where you at least make a statement on it? Well, I think a big part of it, man, social media has been a gift and a curse to us as a people. Mm. It's been a gift because it has allowed us to connect with one another's talents and information in no limit of time. Mm -hmm. However, it's been a curse because it has made our attention span very fast and low to where the youth have a really almost like a a 60 second window of attention. Facts. So whatever is constantly being fed and bombarded in that window is what's going to stay on the brain. That's why they talked about the Will Smith thing so long. Oh, my God. Did they ever? Yeah, they talked about that, and they I still see people talking about that. Not not that it's not newsworthy. I'm not gonna lie, I talked about the shit too. Right, you right. know, but but we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah. You know, and they don't want to give us credit for that. I just think that as creators and as influencers, mm-hmm. that if we were to if we were to blast that message repetitively in that same fashion, then it will stick. Okay, let me ask you this. As, as as somebody in the community, as somebody that's been fighting for black people for years, that's been doing their thing, um, how can you respectfully make a living at it without being viewed as I'm making a living at it? Because you got a family to feed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the name of the game is, in a sense being kind of playing that lane of uh, I don't want to say being becoming real organized, mm-hmm. but I, what I've come to learn and as an organizer is that there's so many resources and so many, so many companies, so many organizations who are willing to give you money to do your work. Like regardless of whatever your community lane is, mm-hmm. there's no reason if you're doing something positive that, it, that affects people on the ground and that affects communities that you shouldn't have a grant for that. Like somebody's funding the work that you want to do. So I think that in order for us to, to stay, to keep afloat, to be able to feed our families and to fund the work that we do in the street. Cause people think a lot of times the work in the street is free. Like even with the adopt the block, somebody got to pay for the garbage bags to pick yeah. up the trash. Somebody got to pay for the food that we give away. The yeah. hot dog buns, the ketchup, the chicken. Somebody got to pay for the lawnmowers that we use to cut the grass, for the weed whackers that we use to clean, trim the hedges. So all of these things has to be funded. We and gas you know, ain't cheap no more. Gas ain't cheap. So, but however, to my point, there's so much, so many resources, whether at the state level, the the private sector of companies and organizations, or even you know city governments, who who literally have funds set aside for the work. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a matter of, of making that connection. And I want to see niggas win, bro. Word, word. You know, like, I don't want to see, like, the problem I got with, like, with, with Malcolm X and Dr. King and all of our greats that we, we you know, people will rattle off their names in the minute I read so-and-so's book, they died broke. Yeah, well, I mean, my thing to that is, it's a trade-off. It's, it's understanding what's the true value. 
right? Because mm-hmm. in a sense, I understand it. I see it because, yeah, Malcolm may have died broke, but his name is everlasting, if that makes sense. It does, but his kids can't eat off of everlasting. Fair. Fair. They can't eat off of everlasting. However, they they do benefit from the greatness of his name. Okay. I got they you. Do. And we know that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 if Malcolm, if Malcolm X's daughter walked in here right now, I'm gonna be quiet simply Facts. because of the, who you are. <laughs> Facts, you know, and what she, I mean? she, she's she's added to the legacy, yeah, hell you yeah. know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I feel you on that one, you know. But, you know, like, we got to do it, I think we have to do a better job of, of not only allowing our great ones to be great. And to make a buck to feed their family. They don't need to be like Bill Gates rich. But it's something to be said to the next generation that if you looking out for your people, your people will look out for you. Word. You know, and you see communities like I've never seen a broke rabbi. Mm-mm. You know, um, like it, <laughs> you you go through, you know, like the the top Buddhist guy ain't got to pay for the food or, you know, whatever you want to go through the top ethnicity guy or whatever, they taking care of their own. We got to learn to do better with that. Um, on that note, man, where is black America? Where are we right now? Um, I mean, man, we, we honestly in a tough space as a people, as a race and as a culture, I think in one aspect financially, I think that black people or the so-called African-American community is, is, heading back to getting where we once were in the 20s and the 30s like yes in my opinion i think that we're experiencing this new wave you have this this wealthy and becoming wealthier young black middle class that's that's growing right now Mm -hmm. Uh, black people in between the ages of 25 and, and and 40 we got more black millionaires in that age bracket than ever before Mm. which is what we had in the 20s okay meaning that you had these young black people these young black men in their early 30s early 40s just coming out of the the civil war got jobs got skills got trades and making all this and making money Mm -hmm. so you're seeing more of these young black people break off into these spaces where they're able to really get to a bag so what i what i think is going to happen is ultimately this this generation from your generation your, your millennials and your X and your Y and your Z are ultimately going to kind of usher in this, 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 this new, in my opinion, uh, era of where the black community is going to go, which is, in my opinion, headed towards a better space. If and only if that black middle class can make the same connection to the young, to that 18 mm-hmm. and under, you know, um, because it's, it just it. I think the the baby boomers and the generation that older that's older than ours is almost it's kind of at the point where they 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 in the middle of being completely disconnected and barely hanging on. Um, Man, and, and and we did a horrible job of of like we spent a lot of time trying to hang on to the power that we have as mm-hmm. opposed to 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 willingly passing the torch. Oh, indeed. You know, um, Mm -hmm. I will say with this younger generation, I'm concerned, especially with Detroit being like the the a major city, majority black folks seem like the young folks in Detroit is in a rush to include everybody, and they giving up so much of the city. Word is that is that a problem or is that a good thing? Um, I mean, I think it's a it's just a double edged sword. 
I think the good thing is is that they 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 giving it up, mm-hmm. but in re- and in return, the city looks better than how it's ever been in forty years. Shit. I, I mean, I remember a time where I, you couldn't walk downtown at twelve o'clock at night. Downtown looks better. Downtown go, does look better. But go to I Seven mean, Mile and Southfield. Fair. I agree with that. I and I, and I think that in a sense. You're going to see it gradually get better because mm-hmm. we're seeing more and more people buy this up and renew it, no matter who it is, whether it's people outside the community or in the community. I think it just it just, it just ultimately falls on us. And then the other edge of the sword is how, what, how much of a choice do a lot of us really have? Right. Like you talk about one of the worst school systems in the country. Right. You're talking about one of the poorest income communities in the country. You know, you talk about a, a, a school system that's been privatized. You talk about a police system that's been privatized. Your water being privatized. So, with so much against us, mm-hmm. I think it only behoove us to to make a make a point to either, you know, bring in other people from other communities, work together. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and then get what we want to get, or mm-hmm. help us get to what we want to get, or just be out the loop altogether. I hope, I hope, and uh, like my my youngest daughter just bought a house Word. in Detroit. Um, and to her credit, man, like she's teaching me shit. I've never purchased a house. Now I'm thinking about buying a house, mm. and she's teaching me shit. Like she did the research. She she did her own thing. You know, we we taught her about credit scores and shit like that. But as far as the actual process, she knows a hundred percent more than I do. Word. And in that aspect, like I'm so proud, and I'm so proud that, that she made that investment in the city she grew up in. Yeah, it also scares me. You know, she got babies. Yeah, you know, it's like I love my city, but I'm scared for my grandkids to grow up in my city. That's a horrible fucking feeling. It is. You know, um, what can I do? Or is it just I just gotta hope for the best at this point because I'm old. I mean, what I would say is my thing, and what's what I tell people all the time. I think it's it's up to our elders, to the older people, to the generation that came before us, those brothers and sisters that's just touching their fifties, heading into their sixties. I think it's time for y'all to take the same post that the adults took in y'all time, which is go back out on your porch, go back out on the street corner. And make it your point to develop a relationship with these young people. Hmm. Because they 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 it's not that they destroying and doing all of these things um out of hate and out of spite, it's out of necessity, it's out of struggle, it's out of pain. So I think that if we able to build that connection and actually be those individuals for those people, it it, it can be one less one less or two less individuals going in the wrong direction. If, if that makes sense, it makes complete sense. I saw a post by uh, was it Soldier Boy? Word. And he was he was talking about how the how the his OGs or the OGs in general didn't do enough to pass the torch. Mm-hmm. And I agree a thousand percent. I've been screaming for that a long time. My generation has no accountability. We we were put in the best position, in my opinion of any generation of black folks in this country. And we fumbled the bag and we created a net, another generation uh, that we don't like. Right. And we don't want to take responsibility for creating that generation. Right. Right. 
and you you would be surprised how many because this was um this was a post on a on a, a big hip hop network. Yeah. And how many rappers came out the woodworks? Oh, they don't want to listen. They this, they that. Well, then you quit because I've talked to a million brothers and not every brother listened to me. Some brothers like shut up, old head. Well, they didn't say shut up, but you get what I'm saying. You just mm-hmm. the old head. You out of touch, blase, spleef. But like you said, it's that one or two brothers that'll sit down and listen. Yeah. And when you teach those one or two brothers, you teach not only them, but you teach their kids too. Yep, and their families, and their sisters, and their mamas, all of that. I think it's it's not enough brothers planting seeds. It's like facts. Try what we have to remember is, man, that all of us are combating four hundred plus years of indoctrination, Hmm. cultural breakdown, you know, misinformation. And and, and and so on, and we can go on and on of all these things that we systematically face with. And this is generations later that we still suffer from and that we still deal with the instant inst- being inst- inst- the mental institute, the, the dealing with the mental institutions that's been planted and put into into us. So to combat that, to overcome that. It's not going to be, you know, a snap your finger and, you know, a one conversation thing. We have to be farmers. We got to be like Jesus. Well, we got to be farmers and fishers of men. We had to be willing to plant seeds to have that conversation. And then when we see them on the next day to have it again. And then when we see them next week to have it again, to have that same conversation. Hmm. Until one or two of them, it clicks. So you got what? Seven kids? Yeah. Yeah. Six boys, one girl. Let's talk about fatherhood. Like, what, sure. like, yeah. like how did fa- the first baby, how did fatherhood change you? Oh, man. Um, it, it, it brought me to a moment where I understood that life was not just about me. For the first time in my life, I held something that I knew that I was going to give everything of my power and all that I have to make sure that they was taken care of. Hmm. And uh um you know this was this was an extension of myself this was an individual that that i was responsible for bringing into existence that's a wild shit ain't it word yeah it, 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 it brought me to the mindset of responsibility like i've delivered some of my sons really mm-hmm. yeah oh my god that's so gross bro yeah i've done one of them completely unassisted just me and my me and my queen <sighs> I could, I'm, a, I'm a whole nurse and I could not do that. Me and her by ourselves in the house, children upstairs sleep. It's just a level of responsibility. I was the first hands to touch him. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, intentionally or just happened that oh, way? Man, intentionally. Yeah, you don't do shit. You don't just do shit like that. <laughs> just to do <laughs> man, man, we just read books and you know what I'm saying? All kind of stuff, dude. You know, but yeah, man, I mean, it, it's it's in my opinion, it's the ultimate responsibility. It's the uh, the ultimate um, being get what what I'm trying to think of a of a way to put it, man. It's, it's it's just like it's true love to me. It's true understanding. You know what I mean? It's being it's being it's being able to see that what I've created and what I've made and what I've helped bring forth, I am now responsible for what happens with this life. And I want a better life for them than I wanted, oh, not, than I was God. able to make for myself. 
Man, that's that's the one thing. Like, I'm a girl dad. I got three girls. Right. And I have been blessed to live long enough to see them have children. Word. And my thing was always be a better parent than me. Mm. Not that I felt like I wasn't shit. Um, yeah, is it room for improvement? Of course. Um, but be better than me. Be a better person than me. You know, make your kids better than you. That's your job. But no way in hell could I deliver one. <laughs> Oh hell no, man! I've only been to to see one of my daughters born, and yo, I was not prepared for that shit at all, man. It definitely, it definitely takes a mental preparation, bro. Like I don't all together. I've had three home births. The first one was with a midwife. The second one was like me and the midwife did it, mm-hmm. and the last one it was just me and her. Do they still give you a hospital bill for that? Hell no. For what? I ain't go. I to mean, you, you, at, at some point you got to go to. You, so you just don't go to the hospital at all. I, you don't have to. Oh, really? How you get the birth certificate? You just call I, them up, like, "Yo, we had a kid yesterday." Oh, you you got to go through a little more steps. I okay. will say that. you got to do a little bit more paperwork. <laughs> like my son, my son, Infinite. It was maybe, I think he was almost two by the time I got his birth certificate. You know what I'm saying? Well, what people, a lot of people don't know, bro. A birth certificate is a business contract. Okay. There's no law saying you have to have one. Really? No, you don't. It's a it's a contract. It's a um, document that the state verifies that this birth happened. So, in a sense, if you want to do business with the state, this this something they have to certify that you're a citizen. I but, did not know that. But do I have to do this? No. But don't think that you're going to participate in this system without or in one. The functions of a citizen as a citizen without one. Okay. Ain't no For going two to years. Yeah. Yeah. My son Wise was almost four by the time I got his. I just got Wise's like six months ago. Yeah, some powerful fucking names, bro. Oh, yeah. We try. Like the infinite and what? Like, infinite. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's that is power in a name right there. Sure. Well, I, I was always taught, man, and, uh, and they say that in the Bible, that a name is better than gold. So, mm. you know, with that, it's like I wanted to give them something that if I wasn't here, they'd still be able to know who they are and the purpose that I seen in them. Because I didn't just I didn't I didn't all of those names, I, my names for all my sons, except my oldest son. We didn't we didn't we 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 waited until after they were born to pick those names. So we'd watch them for a week and then decide on a name based off of characteristics and attributes we see in them. Really? So that's my thing that this is what I see in you. I named my son Wise. His name is Wise Life. Because I he's he was a wise little smart little baby. And I said, Man, this little boy gonna have a wise life. Really? Yeah. My son, infinite power, man. You can't tell him nothing, dude. Little dudes is, is he's fearless. <laughs> so, fearless. so do you sit down and explain to them their names, or you just let them well, kind of figure I, it out on their own? They're still my oldest son is eight, mm-hmm. so I just I'm just it's the same like we was just talking about. I just plant seeds. Okay. When I talk to wise, wise, you know your name. He's all you know. Wise me. Uh uh-uh. uh. I say it's very smart. You're gonna be a very. You're gonna have a smart life. You're gonna be an intelligent young man. He four. He four years old, about to be five. He can't process the full meaning and yeah. the full scope of what it means to be wise life. But if I plant little little seeds along the way, 
by the time he do get to that age where he began to take understanding, okay, I see why my daddy always used to say, son, you're going to be very intelligent. I just was, I'm just planting a seed, you know? And then when the time come, I, I opened the whole library. Oh, hey, so you want it all? Come on, come on home. <laughs> so, you know, that's yeah. dope, bro. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, I got a chance to name my middle daughter and it was just, for, for whatever reason, it just popped in my head for years before she was born. But I knew if I had a baby girl, this is what I was going to name her. Right. And I got the opportunity to do that. Um, she hated it for years. Let <laughs> me keep it a buck. Uh, <laughs> difficult for people couldn't pronounce it, you know, right. but now, like, I think she appreciates it. Mm. You know, she's it fits who she is. Right. However, if I had awaited like that, it would have been different. As well as man, you know, I'm a I'm a member of the, what we call the five percenters. Some people call the nation of gods and nursing. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted it to be known. Like in my opinion, what they names, I was taught signs and symbols are for the conscious mind. Mm-hmm. So those that's in the know or that's conscious or know when they hear it, they'll know exactly who they are, even if they don't know. So who taught you? Uh, man, I got introduced to this knowledge, man, uh, actually through a book when I was in college. A book no, 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 no. Let's go back further than that. Yeah, go ahead. Like, like who who, who was that guy? And Was it Pops? Was it was it a friend? Was it an older cousin? Like, who really just sat you down and gave you your first jewels? Oh, man, that's heavy, man. That You actually, that's something, man. So this brother, uh, I call him Unk, man. Mm-hmm. You know, some people call him OG. Uh, his name is Orlando Anderson. Uh, you know, he was he was a man that was with my mother since I was two years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he raised me, man. He raised okay. me up until I maybe was 16, 17 when I went to go live with my, with my pops. But he definitely gave me the first jewels. He planted the first seeds in my mind, man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he going through a lot with his health right now, man. But um, all praise is due to him, man. He, he definitely, you know, he gave me things like, you know, he, he was a man that, was that has he got cerebral palsy? Oh wow! He told him he would never walk, you know. But when I met him, and as in my youth, he walked. He walked everywhere. Just had a cane, and he mm. would always say, "Perseverance is a bad motherfucker." Hmm. And he would say, "Boy, they told me I, I'd never be able to walk. It ain't nothing you can't do. If I can do it, I know you can. You see shit, don't step in it. Go around it." He used to say little stuff like that. That's mm. as, as far as back I can remember, man. Be a leader, not a follower. That's what he tell him. Be a leader, not a follower. And then as an adult, he'd say, man, I used to always tell you, be a leader, not a follower. I just ain't think you was going to do all this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he planted the first jewels for me, man. So, so what does it feel like to see the look in his eyes at what you've become? Oh, man, it's invigorating. It's, uh, it's very... It, it's a confirmation, you know. What I mean, a lot of times, even me, I get off the path sometimes, and reminders like that to help me stay focused. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, he wanted he wanted my biggest supporters, man. So the the look in his eye, man, is always invigorating. It's very impactful and powerful, man. You know, you know, yeah. That's some real shit, man. And shout out to him, and I hope I hope everything works out for him too, man. Right. Yeah, me too, man. You know, uh, man. You know, it's interesting, like, like, like my pops died a couple of years ago. Actually, both my parents did. 
But my stepfather has been just one of those people that I don't think he's ever sat down and gave me a jewel. Mm. But he never had to. His life was the jewel. Oh. The way he treated my mother, the way he interacted. And there's been times like, like I'm going to keep it a buck. There's been a couple of times over the years and they've been together like most of my life where I had to tell him, look, bro, mom's just tripping. You got to do something. As an adult, man mm-hmm. to man. Um, and he didn't trip. He didn't say, hey, you know, you right, you wrong or whatever. He's, mm-hmm. he's not a real, you know, he's not the most talkative guy on the planet. And then I, I talked to my mother years after that, and we didn't talk about that particular conversation, but she was explaining to me how he gets down and why he didn't feel the need to, to be the most conversational motherfucker on the planet. But now the way I move is a lot like him. Mm. The way I act, like I don't have to be, you know, like when I was younger, it was a lot of rah, rah, blah, 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 blah. Now it's like, you know what? First off, I'm not punching down. You know, it it really got to be, I have to respect you to, 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 to look at you as, as, as a challenge. And I got that from him. You know, the, the way I treat my old lady, I got that from him, Mm. you know, so. I'm not even. I haven't even talked to nobody about this, and if ever, to be quite honest, I'm not sure what, what what made me think about it. But shout out to my stepfather for just being a dope ass motherfucking representation of what a black man should be, and not have to tell me about the shit every day. No disrespect to people that are saying it every day, but there's always two different types of people, mm. and it sounds like 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 your 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 pops, and I must just say your pops, um, your stepfather. Yeah, he said just enough because you needed just enough. Word, and it's like they the good ones know what you need and give that to you without a problem. Word, and and you know what's something because I I emulate him in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. only people that know or who've been around would know the ways mm-hmm. that I emulate him. But you know, like Unc was 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 always one of those guys. He's never loud, always laid back. You know. What I learned from him, he couldn't use his 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 because his body wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily his strength. He spent a lot of time honing his mind, mm-hmm. and I'm not even talking about just reading books. But he he understood people very well, and you know, his house was always a party. Like <laughs> when I was coming up, like every day was it was you know five or ten people over there, every mm-hmm. day, every mm-hmm. day everybody was drunk. It was just going down. My mother hated it. That's why they didn't. <laughs> it was never no peace time. But what I realized as an adult, like man, people love this dude. Mm-hmm. People love him. People gravitate around him. You know, now don't get me wrong; it, it, it ain't necessarily always been the the, be- the best crowd of people. Right. However, when people gravitate to you and but people love you, that means they respect you, and in a way, you lead in them. Mm-hmm. And he always was an individual like that. That people just gravitated towards him. And even in his family, you know, he's like one of the centers, one of the, the, the backbones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I always strive to emulate that being somebody that's, that's likable, that's impressionable, that can bring people together. Um, however, I also took from my mother's perspective, like, yo, let me make it to where, all right, y'all got to go now. Y'all not about to be at my house every day. I got a family. Yeah. Let, let me cut it off. Let me shut it off. So, 
Um, yeah, man, just to your point, I agree with you on that. Let me ask you this. When was the first time, like, like if anybody has ever heard you speak, it's an experience. Word. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> um, and, 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 and I mean that in, 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 in the highest way. Um, when was the first time you spoke in front of people and realized I'm different? Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a compound question because the five percenters in our, in our culture, Mm -hmm. it's like, there's mechanisms that in a sense kind of honed it. Mm -hmm. And then there was an instant instance where it came out and I used it and I was like, Oh shit. I didn't know that. (laughs) I didn't know that it was like that. I knew that it had power. Like we have what's called our universal parliaments, mm-hmm. our universal rallies. And that's when all the people, the gods and the earth, the people in our culture, we all get together every once every third Sunday of the month. Mm-hmm. An individual got to get in the middle and stand up and, and talk and build mm-hmm. go through their lessons and whatever they were studying. They had to get up there, break it down. And everybody that was listening would critique or ask questions. Right. Really? So in a sense that honed, the ability to be able to manifest my thoughts and to be able to put all my thoughts in order and then go out and give it up. Because the, the understanding behind that and amongst us is mm-hmm. we doing this so that you comfortable to go out in the streets and teach. So, mm-hmm. so really that first moment where I knew I'm about to, I'm about to get off into the speaking thing. Like, I think I, I think I could do this because mm-hmm. I just seen the level of reaction and I was like, okay, Right. This this I might can do something here. Um, I was at a meeting when I first came amongst New Era Detroit. Mm-hmm. I was at a they had used to have these open meetings. And this back when it was at 90s. And 90s okay. and 90s was on Woodward. Mm-hmm. Before where it was at now. And she would have them in like the this little last little building far all the way to the right. There used to be like a lounge type of joint. I know you it's probably been a minute if you've ever been in there. Mm-hmm. And the way the meetings would be. Zeke and Vu and Skrill and all of them, they would talk. They would be on the stage kind of going through what New Era's program was. And then they would open the floor up at the end of the meetings where anybody mm-hmm. wanted to speak or add on. So I waited till everybody else talked and raised my hand and set the room on fire. <laughs> and like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then I came back the next week to the next meeting, did the same thing. After that, they was like, yo, bro, we, we need to talk to you, man. What's up? You done? What you think about <laughs> coming over here and like keep doing that, man? Because people, you know, they the people was like, yo, they was in on what you you was going hard. Mm-hmm. And you know, they kind of just gave me a space to 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 blossom it, to 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 open it up. And then, you know, that helped open the door into other things. And then I started doing more speaking stuff and just open it up. But that was really one of the first times. Like publicly, like mm-hmm. on a real public stage, almost um, that I had, that I had realized, yo, I could, I could really add this, 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 this talent or this skill, this passion on to a bigger stage outside of just teaching the youth. Because I mean, even before them, I had been in the community with the gods and earth for years, for at least four or five years. Like you know, I got plenty of. Where students. did you find them in Detroit? Um. What it was was the brother that originally the the guys and earth's been active in Detroit since the early nineties. There's been really? several schools in Detroit. Yep, the first school in Detroit, the first street academy in Detroit was on Jefferson, and that was in ninety four. And then school after that was on 
uh, last year in Grand River. So the guy's been active in Detroit for years. I but did not know that. The brother who introduced me to the culture in Atlanta, when I moved back home after leaving school, he connected me with the brothers and sisters that was here. Okay. And once I got amongst them, it was like, man, y'all got y'all got to get rid of me. Either y'all gonna <laughs> here, or y'all just gonna tell me to get the fuck out. And they ain't today ain't never told me we know it's been a my man. That my you know, we just we just it just was like uh love perfect. It was just love at first sight. Oh, this is exactly where I need to be. Oh, yeah. So, New Era Detroit. Word. Biggest thing in my book to happen to the community since the Panthers. In 10 generations, what do you think the history books are going to say about New Era? Um, I think that... And, and before you answer that, I'm sorry, but you, Keith Horton, Negus, uh, 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 and just just a lit a who's who of brothers and sisters in Detroit, like yeah, it, it basically was like the transformers of blackness. If people don't know, like the, the <laughs> power that was in New Era in the beginning off the fucking charts. And I'm sorry, but people need yeah, to know that. Yeah, hell yeah, bro. I mean, uh, no, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, what Zeke is doing is mm-hmm. good work. You know what I'm saying? And I think uh, if he keep, if they stay on it, which I, I doubt that he's not going to, that he's, I doubt that he's going to stop mm-hmm. knowing what type of person that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they will be a pillar of community work and of community leadership in the, in the black community. Honestly, you know what I mean? Right there in their own place, in their own right with mm-hmm. the other organizations that's doing just like the people's action. I don't see the people's action going anywhere. You know, um, even though Vu's philosophy is a little bit different. You know what I mean? Vu not as on Front Street. He's know? not. However, that doesn't mean he's not getting as much work done because, and I agree with him, his mentality is a little more quality over quantity. Yeah. And whereas, you know, Zeke like a floodlight. I look at Vu like a laser. You know what I'm saying? So Zeke is, is more of a Detroit nigga. Yeah, he is. That's why I said a flood. And that's no disrespect to Vu, because that's my that's that's my they just, guy. They just two different people. They yes. just two different people, bro. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's why I described it that way. Like a floodlight is bright. Everybody gonna see it. Yeah, it's gonna light the whole area. It's Facts. gonna give light to who is in the darkness, no question. Um, and I think that that work is necessary. Um, and just as just as much as I think it, the work is necessary for individual like Vu, who like like I said, like a laser, he's looking to focus in on one specific area, one lane, hone it, precise it, and, and get it done. You know what I mean? So I think that this entire wave of organizing black organization, especially in the city, man, got a, got a real long lasting, gonna have a real long lasting effect. Um, I got a chance to do one of the uh, the, the the clean up the hoods with, with New Era. Mm. years ago um, and that might have been like the first real conversations I had with Vu mm. and man like I don't like cleaning up my own motherfucking crib <laughs> I'm gonna keep, keep it a thousand. but I'll never forget that word like that was like it was it was 
and I've never been the most, uh, I've never been a join a, a, a group type of individual. I've never been a, you know, I've always been more on the selfish side. I'm a keeper of the stack. But man, like it was something, it may, it, it changed me just a little bit. Mm. You know, like what, what, what do you get out of acts of kindness that get nothing in return? I get, well, let me let me say that they get nothing monetarily in return. Yeah, I get the 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 feeling and the understanding that all hope is not lost. I get the feeling of exhilaration when I meet people who say that, man, I didn't think it was black people who really cared about one another. Mm. I get that good feeling in my chest when I see people come outside and they cry. When I see people come outside and take that food or take those resources that's helping them from losing their house and they appreciative and they have this look in their eye like man it's still black people out here who care about one another all hope is not lost the youth is not all crazy and all bad because it ain't like we young people out there yeah you know what i'm saying doing this work so it's like it's almost like a um like a adrenaline shot to the people like a refresher like it's a breath of fresh air to those people and um it gives me life that it's able to give others life mm-hmm. because I've seen dozens of people, you know, and there's people like that in our organization who our first interaction with them was us knocking on their door, doing something for them. Mm. And that turned into, Hey man, I'm about to get out here and do this with y'all. I like that. I like what y'all are doing. Y'all inspired me. Hmm. You know, and I and through my work, man, I, I've seen people come out their house. You know me, I want to whether I'm on the bullhorn on the mic, I, I, I done made people come out their house. <laughs> I heard you in my kitchen, and you know, I, I love what you're talking about, brother. You know, because so, you don't sound like I don't feel preached to. Mm-hmm. I feel like like it's almost like that's my voice. The, somebody like like I'm a somebody's a ventriloquist. You feel like like you taking what I feel inside, but I don't necessarily want to tell the world about, or I don't know how to tell the world about. And you're saying exactly what the fuck I feel, right? In a way that the average person can get, and the smartest person can get. Yep, that's a gift, bro. Like that, and if don't nobody else tell you today, man, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you, thank you, bro. I appreciate that. I'm big on that shit, bro. I tell everybody, man. Like, like, you know, like, like that. Our people need to hear that. You know, especially man to man, because niggas sure. don't want to want to tell another nigga. You know, oh man, I'm proud of you, bro. I love you, bro. Like that shit's corny or whatever the fuck the the word you know the the word is. Right. It's it's, it's oh, I get tired of that shit. I tell people every day, literally, I love you. Word. As you, you know? should. And, and that's one thing, like with my daughters, like literally, literally every day for probably at least 15 years, I text them, I love you. Because I always felt like no matter what, they need to know that their father loves them. Like that's that's an invaluable thing to a child. Ooh. And, and, and as adults, we still ride with it yeah. every fucking morning at seven o'clock. Mm. Same shit. You know, um, and it's, <laughs> if I don't, I'm getting a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't got there yet. I only got one daughter. Oh, man. 
Yo, like you got a you got a, a beautiful journey ahead, bro. Yeah, thank you. Oh my God, trust and believe. And slow it down as much as you can. I'm trying to, man. I definitely am. Yeah. I've slowed down in recent in recent years, man. Like I'm not trying to have no more children right now. Even though I would like another girl. Really? Oh yeah, I will. Cause what it is, my, me and my queen, we don't have a girl together. My girl is from another relationship. Mm-hmm. So me and her got three boys together. So she wants a girl, and I want a girl for her. Uh, I mean, I want, I wouldn't, I love babies, man. I love children. Yeah. I love my children. You putting up Nick Cannon numbers, bro. Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not mad at you, though, man. If you got enough love to give, give it. Well, and then, then my old thing is, man, I think what people forget, man, is that what got us through slavery and it's in segregation and civil rights was big families. Yeah. Okay. What got us through uh, working cotton fields was big families. It was. Yeah. It yeah. was. It was what our grandmamas had. Eight, eight, eight kids, 12 kids, oh 13 goodness. kids, 14 kids. Yeah. Because they understood. It wasn't about, you know, meeting up in the back and getting busy. It was that we need more hands to help work this field. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a practical matter. Um yep. and my bad, man. If you do want to call up, it's 347-855-8692 and you press one. Um I know I know that people's action is big on, on politics. The Democratic Party. Personally, I'm fed the fuck up. And people tell me, well, the alternative is we're going to have Trump in office again. And I don't see a difference between him and Biden, to be quite honest. If anything, Biden is actually worse because he lies to us. Trump just doesn't give a shit. He tells you I don't give a shit. Fair. How can we fix the political system to work for black people? Is it sitting out a couple of elections? Mm-mm. Is I it monetarily? That, I think that black people that we need to come together, that we need to choose who is best from amongst us, mm-hmm. and we need to go back to doing those things Malcolm was talking about in the sixties. Man, we need to vote in a solid block. We need to put our own candidates up, and we need to take over the local game. We need to do what the black folks did in South Africa. And if you ain't familiar with the situation in South Africa, the black folks done pretty much cornered the whole Congress by putting their own candidates, creating their own parties, and essentially creating a solid block. Then once you do that, it's like we we we, we need the leverage on the local level to then make moves. The city of Detroit was once a black city politically. Man. You know what I'm saying? However, yes. we've gotten away from it because the people that elected Coleman weren't they they were they were young people yeah they were young people who yeah. became old people and they grew up with them and they rode with them their whole life facts and kept him in there what comes there in there 10 year 12 years he was in there a little while you know what i'm saying so it's like i think that we as a people and we as a community have to come together man and decide who's the best person to to work for our own interests as opposed to settling for the lesser of two evils because that's in a lot of ways that's what we do as we settle for the lesser of two evils versus actually taking organized action to, to, to get the work done, as well as the political organizers. Like, 
as a people, we don't we don't we don't have a political lobby, which we need. Facts. There's no black lobby. There's no group of people that's working to secure our interests, which means we got to do two. We got to do another thing. We got to put money up to pay people to go and to sweat these political figures to get the things done that we our interests want, our interests reflect. Or like I said, put together our own lobbying, our own lobbyists and just go to work as well as we need to do the work that groups like People's Action are doing, which is doing the political work all year. Not just canvassing during November, canvassing all year. People don't want to do that shit, man. Do it's too much shit. work. It is. You know, uh, we want the easy way out. We want to, basically we want to be spoon fed a candidate. Yep. But we you know just I mean? pop up in November, watch the campaign commercials, and pick the person that we, we think we know. And I interviewed uh the Wayne County Sheriff uh a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And what and you know everybody's got an opinion. You know, there's some people that hate the man, and some people that absolutely love the man. Um, what I found interesting and quite refreshing—he's not the first politician I've interviewed—that um, he didn't ask me for any questions up front. Mm. And I, I let him know, like, like that was, you know, almost to the point where I thought that that was a mistake initially in my mind. I'm thinking politically, I wouldn't have done this. Mm. You know, um, but he didn't give a shit. And he literally said as much. Like, look, bro, I ain't got shit to hide. Right. He said that way, but he said it that way. You know, like if I if I had something to hide, yeah, I would have went that route. But I don't have nothing to hide, and I don't really care what you ask me. Talking about uh, James White, right? No, uh, uh, Donald White. Washington. Donald Washington. Okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah. That's the police chief. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, because I, I had saw him in a picture with uh, Jewel Jones and student minister Troy Muhammad. Word. And I'm like, first off, like you're not going to see too many politicians in, in a picture with those cats that speak in volumes. And I have the utmost respect for those brothers. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, yeah. but they typically would shy away from the nation because they, they don't, they don't want to piss off the white folks. Well, Detroit is a little different in the it sense is. that you, this is a place where the police and as well as the city government has always been intertwined with the community leaders. Yes, the people on the on the local levels, and that's why, you know, we have as thick of a black police force as we have. That's why we have a black police chief, and we've had as many black mayors and black people, and that's why the city council is so black. You know what yes. I'm saying? It's like yes, because and it's like that because of the relationship that those individuals have with community leaders. That's why we don't we don't see. A whole lot of police killing black folks here. You don't like you. They'll beat your ass, but you'll go home. <clears throat> and then if the police kill you here, it's usually because you will shoot at them too. Yes, which ain't like, not the ordinary. Okay. Yes, like the last brother that 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 you know, the, it, it was a whole thing with the police. Like brother had a pistol, he was about to shoot back. You know what I'm saying? So I think that because of the relationship that the people, the organizers, the community leaders in the city of Detroit have built with the police and a lot of these elected officials, they, they it's not, I don't, and I, I wouldn't say it's out the ordinary to see those type of relationships. If that makes sense. Yes. And you know what, man, I think um, like, and you don't, as a Detroiter born and raised, I live in Cleveland. I've been here for a couple of decades. 
but you don't really realize the greatness and the value of being from Detroit and being there until you leave Detroit. Detroit is fucking Wakanda for, for, for the States. Right. You know, and when I moved to Ohio, it's niggas here, man, that have never went to the West side. Mm. I'd never experienced that before. Right. Like, say what you want about Detroit. People only see the negative, but they don't see Palmer Park. They don't see uh, Sherwood Forest. They don't see uh, Indian Village. They don't see the high rises downtown. They don't see all that shit because it's not beneficial to the powers that be to show that we got some rich ass black folks in Detroit. The too. And the East English Villages and Outer Drive East and Outer Drive West. You got a lot of black folks with, some, with paper, man. And how the fuck is Outer Drive just sparkling no matter where you go and the rest of the neighborhood may look like ass, but Outer well, Drive well, <laughs> is perfect. Because, and a lot of people don't know this, but the, the Outer Drive community neighborhood block mm-hmm. clubs are some of the most active in the city. I did not know that. Yeah, they are. They're very active. Especially especially like in different, depending on where you at, like the East English Village Block Club, very active. Rosedale Park, very active. It's a reason those people organize, they meet, you know what I mean? They will come together about issues within a community and they make it to where it look a certain type of way. It ain't that Brightmore is is a bad part of town and there's bad people over there. Those people are just not organized to to work to make it better, if that makes sense. Yeah, although I'm not driving through Brightmore at dark. I agree. But the, the, <laughs> what you see is when, no. you, when you ride through there, there will be things over there that may surprise you. Like the amount of community gardens in Brightmore. It's really? dozens. Yeah, it's dozens of them. I'm talking about big ones, not just little community gardens. There's a couple of them over there. Really? And yes. Yes, it is. I yes. did not know that. Yes. And what's the old boy? Um, Is it Molly something? got a band and he's big on the community gardening it's a bunch man detroit a lot of people don't know it's, it's an older cat though like i've been wondering more urban gardens than anywhere else in the country really yes and you can you can quote me on that the city of detroit has more urban gardens than anywhere in this country why do you think that is um i mean it, i think it's a lot of factors i think that one of the biggest factors is the amount of um food the amount of food deserts that exist here mm-hmm. as well as what a lot of people forget the city of detroit has always been a hotbed for consciousness yeah it's always been a hotbed for knowledge this is the home of islam in north america for yes. black people yes. it is and a lot of people forget that a lot of people forget the rich heritage and rich um level of intellectuals that lived here and that still live here you know what i mean like this is the home of the automotive industry. Yeah. So in reality, this is the home of the black middle class. Facts. Okay. Which means that this is one of the first places where black people had the money to send their kids to college. Man. And people don't realize that shit. Nah, people don't realize that. You know, like but when you, I, you have a conversation with a lot of these people, especially a lot of our elders, a lot of the young people, you will see, oh, they're very intelligent, very community minded and want to make a difference and want to make a change you know what i mean especially like now like southwest with the hispanic community is a whole another bag of worms 
Which is like my whole life, Southwest was another city. It is. Even though it's even though it's Detroit, it was not. You know, it was. We don't go over there. They don't come over here. Yeah. The only reason I even thought about Southwest was when Jalen Rose got to Michigan, and I learned that that nigga went to Southwestern. Right. That was it. You know, I my mama had a friend that stayed over there. We went over there like twice. Yeah. And I don't know if it's changed much. Yeah, it, it hasn't. Um, but however, in my opinion, that's to our detriment. Like the Hispanic community, in my opinion, is one of the most organized and tight-knit communities in the country. And that's all across the board. That's New York, that's Houston, that's Detroit, that's Chicago, that's all across the board. So I think But that, are they really allies? Like from know, my experience, and I, I can only speak from my experience, they don't they 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 are it's black and brown when it's beneficial. Right. But well, try to marry try to try, try to marry one. What I think is the problem is, and I tell people this about a lot of cultures, they dumb, deaf, and blind, just like us, man. Okay. They 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 lack the knowledge of themselves too. They don't know who they are. They they know you'd be surprised at how many of them. And this is a conversation that I that I have a lot. And I don't mm-hmm. you know the younger Hispanic community knows because they starting to reach out into the information and make that connection. But a lot of them haven't made the connection that we're the same people simply because they've been miseducated just as much as we have. Just as much hmm. as we have. They don't make the connection that, yo, yo, like I've had to tell Hispanics, yo, my man, you not Spanish? Why you think you speak Spanish? Did you forget that y'all was colonized and taken over by the conquistadors when they robbed and raped and pillaged your people and gave you their language? And they'll be taken aback like, oh, yeah. So, hmm. When you make that connection, like, yo, bro, we 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 went through the same thing. Only difference between y'all and us is y'all didn't get made slaves, cause y'all was from a place that had an army and went to war. You know what I'm saying? So at the same time, y'all still have been suggest subjected to cultural domination, to being stripped mm-hmm. of your culture, to your original tradition and your history. It's the young Puerto Ricans who now saying that they not Puerto Ricans, but they Taínos. It's the young Mexican who now saying, I'm not Mexican, but I'm from the such and such tribe or this and this tribe. Or I'm with I'm from the Arawak Indians or this and such and such tribe. So I think as we build this bridge mm-hmm. of the these people from relatively baby, we from the same place. We all, you know, come from the same root. I just think it, that the, the misconnection is purely intellectual, it's purely cultural. And those of us that's in the know, if we can, we can make this bridge happen, like how it's happened in New York, for example, because ain't no disconnect between the Hispanic community and the black community in New York. A little bit, but they they intertwined. But see, I got like I feel some type of way hearing like like Fat Joe say nigga. Well, the only reason you feel some type of way because you may not know how intertwined the Hispanic and black community is until right. you go to the but that don't, and and that's the problem. They feel right. like that gives them a, a pass nationwide, and it doesn't. Well, and I, I think the only difference between here and New York is that New York has had several points of intellectual renaissance where people made it clear and the connection was made that yo, we the same. We really one people. We not different. 
we've got the same experiences. Just That's like we sell, bro. Just like we was enslaved and our culture taken, they had it too. You know what I'm saying? So just like the European came in Africa and did what they did, the European came over here and did what they did. That's kind of like the people across the street, they father beating them up and our father is beating us up. But our situations is the same, but they different because I don't know your old man. I'm not seeing him whoop your ass. Well, I know what I'm getting over here. The the old saying is of a uh, 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 enemy of uh, my enemy is a friend of mine. Like we 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 up against the same thing. And see, that's tough. That like like especially like I'm I'm an old guy. Yeah. So yeah. you know like like and I salute the sometimes the younger generation for being inclusive but like I, I remember and I don't remember the exact quote with Ali but when he was doing that interview and he was talking about the snakes and how you know like a couple of the snakes is good snakes but it's 5,000 snakes do I waste my time trying to figure out which snakes are the good snakes or do I just close the door and not let any of them in well I my me personally my perspective on that would be focus on the youth you focus on the youth then you could change the future i had a panamanian guy actually literally today we were going back and forth on ig and i'm like dude like well like because he kept saying we mm. and i seen a, a flag you know i knew he was hispanic yeah i didn't know where he was from but i seen a flag i had I, you know I, I had to i had to be petty i went through his uh his profile i'm like oh yeah. i see it. how is this nigga saying we and i asked him i'm like you know respectfully but why you keep saying that we shit well, you don't know Panamanians are black too, bro. What? Like, it, what? Well, the, the the thing is, and, and I I would agree with him in the sense that all of these names that we've been given have been given to us by the same the same the same oppressor. In my opinion, True. they True. have. Yeah, it wasn't the 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 so called uh, people of of Panama. They didn't name that Panama. They, they even Spanish. Spanish is not an indigenous language to Mexico, to the islands, to South America. None of that. That is a European language. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. They, this is the product of the Spanish conquistadors who came to South America, who killed, who raped, who pillaged, who robbed, who renamed and enslaved the people. We, 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 you know, so just to the point that we, we, we going went through the same things, some of the same things culturally. Um, so once we make that bridge and see when we know biologically, they come from where we come from. They just a gene pool, one or two gene pools over, but we share some same phenotypes. We share some same genetic material. We do. We got I mean, some, I mean, I have yeah. to, I'm a try. <laughs> so the thing is in America there's approximately 17 million black people or so-called Africans people from the diaspora mm -hmm. however there's also approximately 103 million Europeans so do we really have the room to say we don't need allies of people that's faced with the same plight so you think foundational Black America and that movement is is wrong? I don't. I don't think it's wrong. I just think that we need all the help we can get. Just like I'm one of a big. I'm a big advocate of striving to build the connection with the Native American community, because again, 
we 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 facing the same plight. The same way we was taken of our land and robbed and raped and pillaged and went to war, they went through the same thing. Yeah. So again, it's like at what point as a community do we connect with the other communities and other people's face with the same plight as we face with to say, hey, how can we work together? Man, <laughs> from a financial aspect, that would make way more sense too because they got land that they get to govern. Yep. They got land and they got a little bit of money, but they have so few people. They got a lot of money. But they culture dying out. Yeah. But if you ever been to one of them reservations, bro, it ain't fun. That's I've what never been. Listen, a, a lot of them reservations have put the worst ghettos you've been to to shame. Okay. Really? You gotta, yes. They a lot of them reservations, homie, are not the goddamn see the point. Okay. It's rough. Like they and and outside looking in, since they they it seems that the majority of the tribes have gotten commute uh casinos. I thought they was making a shitload of money. Where's it going? Well, what you gotta understand, bro, is that those casinos represent one to two percent of the Native American communities that you had, just like among all communities, man. You got to mm-hmm. select few of people who gonna go make that go, money, go to the next level and make money. You know what I'm saying? And I think that I'm not saying I'm just saying that that level of wealth doesn't mm-hmm. reflect the entire the entire people. That's just like saying. Yo, you got all these rappers and basketball players that's millionaires. Black people should be straight, <laughs> but it ain't that ain't really the case. You have a few very wealthy Native American families, the same way we have a few very wealthy black families, but still, as a whole, by majority, are still very yeah. poor people in community. Yeah. But now, Although, if you bring all these poor people together, we got we doing something. We doing something. We if we bring all our rich people together and they were actually focused something. on doing something, yeah, you doing something. And I don't mean like you don't have to give up all your bread, but if there was like like you said, as far as uh, uh, getting lobbyists, like mm-hmm. we got several billionaires, we got the bread if we really wanted to, but they okay with the status quo because it they like yeah. that money. Yep, you know, um, and I can't knock you for liking money. I'm just one of those people. I don't need fifty bedrooms. Right. I can only sleep in one bed at a time. You know, it would be nice to have a hundred cars, but let's be realistic. Like, I don't need a hundred cars. I mean, for me, I'm I'm not really in in a chase for money. I'd be happy with my name being great. I would like the bag a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. It's certain I'd shit. Take a little bag. I'd take yeah. a little bag. Absolutely. Who yeah. wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Like, I, I would love to have a, a fresh pair of tens for every day of the year. No question. It's just for me, it means a lot more to me from for my name and my work to transcend my money. Like I'm with you. I'm not really, you know, I do I think money is necessary for a call a, a standard of living that we all want. Yes. Um However, man, I mean, I think that the, I want to be one of those people that transcend time and space. I do, too. And the only way to do that, man, is to do something that, that money can't do. I want to be, I always, I always been saying this for decades. I want to be in a fucking museum. Like, I want my dead ass to be. Right. Now you talk. You know, pose me, nigga. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is Jobs. He created yeah. such and such and such and such. 
back in 2017. Yeah, that's why I, even you when know, we was kind of talking about that earlier, like with Malcolm. Yeah, he died broke, but it's, man, his clothes is on display. I take offense to that though. Well, like, I I think that okay. people like we've been we it's a, not me personally, but a lot of us has used his likeness and didn't send one fucking nickel to his family. Send a nickel. Yeah, I agree with you. But I mean, when you study him, you know that that the message is still able to get out. His teachings, the word, man, man. The word, man. That, that I mean, I, I listen to Malcolm right now. It's a speech on YouTube that I listen to a lot. Malcolm X in the King James Version of the Bible. He was still in the nation of Islam. Yo, his word, man. So that's why I, I can understand that. Okay, the 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 glorification that yo, this was his book. These were his notes, and and for a person like me who study his life, you get to kind of mm-hmm. get a, a look and a picture into how he was dealing with stuff. Like I've seen his notebooks. I've seen really copies of books that he had. Yeah, they in the museums. And you know what they had in them? On every page, the page. You know how you have when you read a book, how you have space at the top and space yeah. on the side. Yeah. It's all filled with notes, highlights, circles, underlines, exclamation points. I mean, you could just tell that he was such a scholar that he would break it all down. They used to say I've heard stories about Malcolm sleeping in the library, man. You know what I mean? So it's for, but it's, but if it wasn't for that, those things in the glass case, I wouldn't have been able to get that, that, that picture. Yo, you know who's got a really fucking brilliant collection of slave letters? Chris Weber. I've heard that. Yo, he had them, and this had to be probably 10 to 15 years ago. But at the, uh, the African American Museum in Detroit. Yeah. He had them on display. And bruh, like I've, I've, ever since the whole uh, Ed Davis, I think it's Ed Davis, the whole, the shit that went down with him at Michigan, I've never been the biggest Chris Webber fan. I took Jalen Rose's side, let's say it that way, until I saw these this this collection of slave letters, and I understood Chris Webber so much more at that point. Wow! Like like Jalen Jalen has always been nigga. I'm from Detroit. I got it out the mud. I'm going to pull my niggas up out the mud. Word. And Chris Weber has always been. Well, I don't think he knew who he was for a long time. Mm. And when he found himself, he was more. I want to pass on the intellectual property. And Jalen was, I want you to build that intellectual property. Those were the two differences. Word. But man, I swear, man, I took two of my daughters and it was two things. We got on the uh, the the slave ship. They've got a slave ship, the replica that they built in, the, in one of their uh, exhibits. And when you get in there, it's got the sound of the slaves. The whole room. It's like you can hear people screaming yeah, and crying. Oh my God. And that was the first time that my daughters, I had, I saw my daughters care. Mm. Not just care about anything, but care about the plight of their people. Word. Yes, it and, was real enlightening. Oh my God, so, man. That shit was, but seeing those slave letters, bro, like that shit almost brought me to tears. Yeah, it's real, it's real tough, man. I, I was, uh, it was something because I, I found out about that because I was doing research into slave letters and 
different things like that. Because you know, it's a whole little movement of people now that's trying to say slavery never happened. Oh that trying to come with the point that you know black people always been here and that we didn't come on boats and you know, and I hear it to a degree. I think there has been always been a black presence in America, but it's research and it's proofs like that and the actual documents of those people who lived as slaves to show forth and prove that this happened. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that's, it's really important to have that man, and make that connection. They said Mansa Musa father, they believe he he was he came here before uh Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Mansa um, Musa gets all the props for being super rich, but he didn't earn that money. Pops no, did. he didn't earn that. And it's it's a lot of it's a lot of history on that. Ivan Van Sertima's uh book, They Came Before Columbus, is a good one. Where he, he go through a lot of the research showing how there were other examples of people, especially the people of Kemet who came over mm-hmm. very early on. You know what I'm saying? How you got that's how they was they they what it is. We, one example that he gave is how they found cocaine as traces from cocaine in the sarcophaguses of certain pharaohs. But we know cocaine only grows in the American South America. Really? It doesn't grow in Kemet. They was getting down like that, huh? Well, you have to understand, man, that these things have always been that there's many medicinal properties yeah. to the poppy leaf and the cocaine and these and these plants that they wasn't using it how we were. However, even though it's a drug, it's also a painkiller. It's also absolutely, you know, an anesthetic. Um, so it's just and when you understand when you see that, it's like, okay, wow. So how did that get over there if they wasn't? That's crazy though. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, and it's a lot of he dealt into a lot of research with the the old mech and the, the connection in chemist. So it's, it's a great book into that insight. Oh man. I, um, it's Dr. Rashidi. I had oh, a chance. Dr. Rashidi, man. That's my yeah. man. Had, had, to, had, had a, the honor to uh, interview him before. Wow. That's dope, man. Yeah. Oh, bro. Like, oh, I love like, to see that interview. Yo, man. I, like I'm going to keep it a buck. And I've talked to one of my do- me, I like like me and my middle daughter are the ones to kind of talk about the show and my legacy type of things. Mm. And I told her like people not really gonna catch on to the shit that, I, that I've done and accomplished until I'm dead. Mm. So I want her to be in control of everything so that my lineage can benefit. Word. You know, um Cause yo, bro, I've had like, like Jesus Christ, Riza Islam, Doctor Rashidi, uh, Professor Small, like just mm-hmm. had some, some Chuck D. Although man, that was that was not one of my finer interviews. Word. Oh uh, yeah, they called me like last minute, and like with Chuck D, you like got to be ready. Yeah, I can imagine. And I was not ready. Mm. You know, like I know Public Enemy, but. I like to at least have a good week to look people up and kind of live with their story. Word. Word. You know, um, like even with you. Word. You know, Word. like I saw a lot of shit, man, that I did I had not seen before. Word. And I'm working out and watching some of your speeches. How come you stop doing like the minute the the one minute segments, the two minute segments on YouTube? Um, I mean, man, I wouldn't, I don't know, man. It's like It'd be so tough, and I and I think I need to keep giving it energy. But like I was when I was doing a lot of stuff, man, I wasn't working. I was kind of working from home. I kind of had made up in my mind that I was. I, was, I just took some time, like y'all might just go all in on the speaking. And I was putting so much out, man, and and it just it just kind of got to a point where I just felt like 
maybe I was I was doing so much of it and wasn't it wasn't giving me the return that I needed as mm-hmm. right away. So it's like I had to get back in the work and get back in, in the work field, and it's kind of took me out of that rhythm of making content, of speaking. And they don't get me wrong, I'm still working to be able to book and to do mm-hmm. speaking events and speak in certain places. Um, you know, one thing I've been working on, man, is kind of work trying to work to build myself a, almost a team mm-hmm. of people that can that kind of see what I see and that mm-hmm. want to go the same place that I want to go and want to help me get there, and then just kind of come together to make make the content that I need, man. But I, I definitely still making it. I still you know write put write put a lot of stuff on paper. I just got to turn the camera back on, man, and just get busy. I wish you would, bro. Yeah. Shit was it, it if you can inspire inspire an old fart like myself, bro. <laughs> Word, man. Like, I appreciate like, <laughs> yeah, because I I I, I re, you know like some of those I I, I just needed. Yeah, know? and and a lot of it, man, is like I was experimenting, mm-hmm. like because you know, and we talked about this a little earlier. I've been really working to kind of find the lane for myself of how am I gonna break into really giving more. I want to say to a different audience, but really taking what I'm doing to another level. Right. I can have a, not only a broader reach, but a greater impact. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, man, I really had to go back to the lab and like study like, okay, if I'm going to say that I'm going to step out of where I'm used to and say that, yo, I just want to talk to companies and organizations about mm-hmm. how they can do this. And all right, I got to, I got to reevaluate how I'm talking because I can't, I can't come with the same energy that I come to, to to somebody who's just sleep out in the hood in the grave to a a, a, a blue a white collar corporate corporation. I can't come in there yelling and you know what I'm saying going hard and you know community this and community that. So it's just been I've been going through a mode where I've been working to kind of refine it. Ref, right, that's what I was just about to say. Going from a microscope to a laser, almost man, trying to fast. Really, Okay, I got I can you. take what I have and and really put it in a position where it can take me to where I want to go. So yeah. I want to help you, bro. Word. I'm gonna, uh, Word. So like I want to be part of that team. Word. Yeah. You let me know what, what it is I can do. Um and I'm gonna call like I, my cousin Dion, phenomenal. And and Word. she is like been been doing the diversity thing for the government for years. I'm gonna I'm gonna call her. Work. And and see see how how you know if that will be helpful, man. That would all. be very helpful. That would be very helpful because a lot of one of my biggest issues, man, is that you know you 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 have so much you when you do a lot of the community work and it involves another individual that's been helping me with this is just trying to translate that into a corporate program. I th- I think what I and I'm sorry to cut you off, but what ahead. I have seen. Is is brothers and sisters that are uh that are in the community that are quote unquote conscious have a really difficult time asking people to do shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to their detriment. As well as asking for money. Yes. I like, have no problem with that shit, bro. Like, and then and this is what I realized, you know, working and speaking with some of those people that's in the upper echelon of doing this work. Like, like Eric Thomas, for example, mm-hmm. one of the most influential black men in the world right now. Like, I mean, E.T. can, can he one of them individuals that I agree. Homie can make the lame walk. 
He's one of them people that can motivate a blind duck to get up and fly, bro. You know what I'm saying? But to that same point, it's powerful and as much value that he brings. Gee, it ain't cheap to book ET for an hour. Get your checkbook ready. I emailed them. They sent me back the ticket. Get your checkbook ready. Bro. It ain't. It ain't. <laughs> Get your checkbook together, bro. Okay. And, and, and I, this is what I learned from them. That they must have smelled broke on me because they declined me before. Oh. <laughs> it was like, it's okay, bro, but we're going to have to pass. <laughs> Get your checkbook ready. Okay. Get the checkbook ready. But what they what they what they showed me was you can't you, you can't expect if you want this value, if you want this level, it's a cost. It's a value. It's a it's a it's a, yeah, a fair exchange, ain't no robbery. And I and it just opened my mind up to where I said, Whoa, wait a minute. I've been giving up all of this value and i ain't been asking for what i'm worth <laughs> what's what's really and then that then it really hit me wait a minute i'm not in the right room i can't i can't ask the poor people in the community whom i'm giving my all to to give me what i'm worth but you can turn that into the right room and I, and i have and that's kind of what i have done like okay where is the room where people will give me the value and still I still could do the still doing the community work. I ain't never going to stop that. I got four students right now. Still, I'm still in the street, still on the street corners of my spare time talking to the young, young black men. But what I, I still, mean is, let's say those same brothers and sisters say you got 50 brothers and sisters on the street corner. Yeah. Well, you take those same ones and put them in a really small auditorium where it looks like that auditorium is packed. You give them the same work. The visual is different. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and now, and now you got people saying, you know what? Yeah. I want to pay him to do that. Right. And that's kind of what I've been working on. Um, mm-hmm. and, and not only from the, because on the, with the young people side, we working to go into that violence prevention Mm-hmm. Um, youth retention and really working that lane because for what I had to understand was and this was something that Vu helped me see how the work that we're doing translates in different worlds mm. and then I said okay this this how so we got we got I've been working to translate all right in the corporate world the work that we're doing translates to cultural humility cultural competence equity and inclusion hmm then the wheels clicked, and I said, wait a minute, okay, so these are the other rooms that I need to be in outside of just in the community that can give me, get me the value that I'm looking for and do the work at the same time. That's what it's about. Yeah. I'm with you on that, bro. Word. And, and, and and I see it. I see it for you. I believe in you, bro. Man, thank you. Thank no you. No doubt. Um, I ain't gonna take up too much of your time. I ain't, I ain't realize it's 830 <laughs> and shit. Damn. Um <laughs> <laughs> that Yo, was good though, bro. That's all. Absolutely. I um, if somebody does want to book you, they want to get in contact with you. How they do that? Man, they go to ministerfreedom.com. Ministerfreedom.com. Um, you can put your info right on the website, man. Just send an email straight to me, or you can just you want to just straight directly email me. My email is on the website too. Um, you can reach me out mfa at ministerfreedom.com. Um, yeah, man, just email. Um, the website, pretty much the website is the go-to, man, ministerfreedom.com. 
or if, you know, any streaming platform, any Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, you can message me on there, man, and we can work. And I forgot to tell y'all, man, we are sponsored by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. Y'all already know how to do. Oh, and if you want one of these My Skin Is My Sin t-shirts, all you got to do is go subscribe to the Intellectually Petty Radio YouTube channel and cash out me $3 for the shipping and handling to dollar sign Jobstown, J-O-B-S-T-O-W-N. Um, shout out to Helen Black. I appreciate that. Yes, I agree. We need those one-minute clips. They motive they motivated her in many ways. Or yes, bruh. When you like and 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 when you do interviews, you don't like you don't even have to do the clips, bro. You got so many gems in this interview. Yeah. You yeah. take take whatever the fuck you want to take. No doubt. Man, I appreciate you know, like you do interviews, you, you, you cut the interviews up. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. And that way you ain't got to worry about, you know, you ain't got to sit to that home and be like, okay, is the camera right? Because I hate doing that shit sometimes, you know, like, is it, I, I, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good at talking to people, but I suck at the rest of this shit. Oh, man. Who you tell? Who you tell? <laughs> anyway, um, don't, yeah, Helen Black, do me a favor. Go, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, if you want a shirt, bro, let me know. I got you. Oh, man, I would love one. I was just about to tell you, man, I'm going to get that cash up over to you real quick. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll be at the crib this weekend. <laughs> just hit, hit me up with a size. You know, I got you. I, I, I got a couple boxes of them. So just Word. let me know. Yeah, I bring yeah. I bring a few of them to the crib. Man, definitely, bro. All right, no doubt, man. Appreciate On that note, man, uh, appreciate you so much, man. Appreciate um, you, bro. Thank you to your family for loaning you to us for a little bit. Um, oh, and, and, oh man, and and uh, shout out to Vu, and I holler at you. Word. Hey, yo, and I'm definitely gonna call my people too. Yeah, man, call them and hit me up, man. Let's keep the work going. I got you. No doubt, man. On that note, man, we out. All right, my brother. Peace, man. Thank you, bro. Oh, man, it was a pleasure. Thank you. And, again, if you want to get one of these shirts, my skin is my sin, bam, bam, bam. All right. Um, Yeah, you just send $3 um, to dollar sign Jobstown. I will need uh, your size and the address. You can put that in the cash app. Or, you can email me at jobstown12345 at yahoo and tell me the same shit. Anyway, on that note, man, it was an honor and a privilege to have Minister Freedom on tonight. Um, Y'all have a good